Hi, this is Jovi. And my name is Charlie. And you're listening to Bed Crime, Crime Stories. Stories, a weekly true crime podcast where we pour ourselves a drink and we take turns telling each other the stories that keep us up at night. Got a little tongue-tied because I've already poured myself a drink. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good. <laughs> that's good. We want you to pour all the drinks. <sighs> all the my drinks. best friends. I'm doing this for you. Listeners, I'm, they, I'm sure they appreciate it. <laughs> and because I generally don't drink while we record, you have to drink one for me too. Exactly. I'm saying it's a lot of pressure sorry. for one person. I'm sorry. So, you know, it is what it is. You handle it well. I do. I try my best. <laughs> you handle it well. I try my best. Um, I did my best. You did. So, um, before we get to true crime headlines, because I know we have one, um, anything that, uh, anything new going on? Um, well, well, what's the four one one, hun? Um, I watched Girl in the Picture. Oh, uh, yeah, me too. Oh my Jesus! If you guys haven't watched that, holy please, balls. please watch it. Yeah, it is twisty. It's turny. It's mm-hmm. there's a lot of holy shit moment. Like, yeah, I, I I'd watch it again. Yeah, like in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. In a heartbeat. Yeah. So 10 out of 10 would recommend. Please watch it. 20 out of 10 would recommend that one. Please. And like it moves fast. It does. Like you don't feel like you're sitting there forever trying to get to the point. Right. It's twist and turns throughout the entire thing. And Mm -hmm. yeah, you will not be disappointed. It's creepy, crazy, uh, mysterious and spooky. Altogether ooky. Just like the Adams Family. Yes. And I'm actually sad it wasn't longer. Like I'm sad that it make it into Mm -hmm. a mini series because like I want to know everything. Mm hmm everything yeah it was a crazy one well it was like what we were talking about with um under the banner of heaven like mm-hmm. you can you can make this another episode or sure two longer can. like there's definitely more information out there that would be a nice to know agreed and you know what but. the only thing well one of the things that i thought i was like why does everybody wind up in fucking florida <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm being serious yeah. like yeah everybody uh-huh. at some point in time serial killer serial mm-hmm. rapist blah 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 always wind up in florida yeah yeah my mom always used to say it's because the scum sinks to the bottom that makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. i thought so i thought it was quite astute it is it is yeah that's that's a valid reason Mm -hmm. um and since charlie and i are recording in person today Mm -hmm. we watched the second episode of keep sweet pray and obey Mm -hmm. i can't i know fucking deal i know we're gonna finish recording and actually go back and watch the third the last episode yes because it's just it's bonkers banana trees like it's insanity their first and second cousins Mm -hmm. and then the the poor woman that had to marry her second cousin had six kids before she was 24 Mm -hmm. it's fucking terrible and oh it gets and it gets worse like you have no idea wonderful and it's funny because the second episode ended and i was like no (laughs) (laughs) it's so good it's 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 good because it's awful yeah 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 terrible yeah absolutely terrible i don't know if i mentioned this the last time i recorded because we uh we've been on vacation and back again since we recorded Mm -hmm. which was awesome Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but i finally watched the entire um, series of The Vow on HBO, which oh. is about the Nexium cult. Yeah. And I will tell you this. So I watched the first episode when it first came out. When it first debuted, I think it was back in 2019, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. And I stopped watching after the first episode because I was getting so frustrated because it is so similar to Scientology. Mm-hmm. Identical. The Like, the language is 
similar. The behavior is similar. The MO is similar. Like, it's just so familiar and like like a carbon copy of Scientology. And they just like change the words so they didn't get like in trouble for copying Scientology's homework. Yeah. And but then once you like once I got past that first episode because I watched it again I was like yeah no this is terrible but then I continued to watch it (laughs) and I was like oh no no oh no no this is cuckoo this is cuckoo so that was a very good one if you have the time it's a it's long I want to say it was like nine episodes and they're an hour long it's long it's a lot of detail a lot of things going on but it's fucking fascinating because the guy who was the leader keith ranieri moron he had um the one dude one of like the um defectors who actually was one of the main people on the documentary Mm -hmm. um he's a filmmaker and he had him record everything audio and video so the entire show you're watching what actually happened wow you're listening to the words that this crazy man said you're it's crazy it's crazy wow yeah that was another crazy one that i watched let's check it out i um i started after i watched grill in the picture because i couldn't stop Mm -hmm. um i started watching the series on netflix called worst roommate ever Mm -hmm. and you know it mm, Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah you, you don't you, you don't live with people you don't know yeah um i'm 99.9 percent positive i watched the first episode of that wasn't that dorothea puente yes yeah i watched yes. the first episode and then i actually i moved away from it yeah yeah i had a feeling it wouldn't be your thing because it did the like kind of animation looking thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but but the stories are very interesting i fell asleep during the third one because it bored me mm-hmm. um but the first two were really good mm-hmm very sad yeah um and i'm definitely gonna uh finish up the last two i'm not gonna rewatch the third because the story didn't interest me gotcha as terrible as that sounds like it didn't it didn't hold my interest because like i felt like they were baiting what the issue was way too long and i'm like "Mm, don't care (laughs) you know at this point yeah get to the action please right or tell me what he did and then be like all right we're gonna quentin tarantino it yeah yeah but no yeah like elvis presley would say a, a little more or uh, wow <laughs> i just totally forgot the lyrics for a second it was in my head and then i tried to say it <sighs> a little less conversation a, a little, little more, more action s- please yes. yes exactly i was like a little <laughs> <laughs> i'm just like short-circuited for a second there good god usually that's me so it's about time that you that you yep that yep. you yep. short-circuited boop, boop, boop. yeah i don't know i, I got some some dirt in my gears or something uh, i mean it happens yeah. to the best of us yeah what is that oh it's from uh parks and rec right chris Traeger. my body is like a microchip <laughs> one piece of sand there's the whole system out of whack <laughs> i'm a microchip <laughs> well the microchip has been compromised guys <laughs> yeah 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 all right well on that note let's uh turn it over to joey for tonight's true crime headline tell us what's going on in the world my friend all right so i saw this the other day and i meant to bring it or discuss it with charlie and then i forgot because you know life so my true crime headline for today was actually published today uh july 20th at 4 39 p.m eastern hot off the present time yeah so this is like an an hour old um and this is from foxnews.com Chris 
Kristen Smart trial for Paul Flores and his father to resume, resume, to resume as planned on Thursday. So they finally brought these two assholes to court. Yeah. Um, and according to this article... Fox News Digital was told that the case was unexpectedly continued to Thursday, but did not say why. Hmm. Um, and when they pressed the issue to ask, the a, Monter- a Monterey County court spokesperson did not respond. So, Interesting. Yeah, I'm. 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 Ver- I am. I'm very interested to see what the delay was. Yeah. Um, but either way, these fuckers are going to burn. Oh, well, I hope. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. This, this is that's my that's Jovi's personal opinion. Yeah, it's the, it's the uh, optimism of the negative outcome, right? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> I just gotta try to keep it optimistic. That's it. I'm just gonna read a little bit of it here. Paul Flores, now 45, was charged with the murder mm. in connection with Smart's presumed death, though her body was never recovered. Ruben Flores, 81, was charged as an accessory for allegedly aiding his son in disposing of her body. Both men have pleaded not guilty. Of course they did. Of course they did, yeah. The younger Flores is accused of killing Smart on May 25th, 1996, when both were freshmen at California Polytechnic State University in San Luis Obispo. Mm-hmm. I probably totally said no, that wrong. San Luis Obispo. Oh, okay. Woo, look mm-hmm. at me. Uh, Paul was allegedly the last person that seen Smart alive who was said to have been intoxicated after they and others had attended an off-campus frat party over Memorial Day weekend. So that was just like a brief synopsis if synopsis. you forgot mm-hmm. what um, yeah. the whole Elizabeth Smart thing. So mm-hmm. we shall see. On Thursday, mm-hmm. how it goes. Well, and I'm sure it's not going to only be one more day. I'm sure oh, it's yeah. going to be a much longer trial. Um, but I am very interested to see how this gets played out. Yeah. I remember doing the true crime headline on when they first arrested them. Right. And I can't remember. There's like, I'm getting drip. Guys, memory is like shot. I'm getting dribs and drabs of uh, recall from the night that we were talking about. It. And I'm 90% sure maybe a little less, that they excavated the father's yard because they thought that maybe they buried her in the yard? Um, I, think, I could be wrong. I might be confused. I mean, it sounds means. right. Yeah, but... Yeah, because in the article it's saying prosecutors have further alleged that Ruben Flores then helped bury Smart's body uh, behind his home. So I'm going to okay. say, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Ten points for Charlie. Um, and reading on a little more, the trial is expected to take an estimated four months. So Dang. Yeah. Yeah. They this, must have a lot of evidence. Yes. And I'm glad and because. witnesses and experts. She, she needs closure. She needs justice. Like, yeah. this is ridiculous now. Um, but yeah, that's my true crime headline. Like I said, I saw it Boom. the other day and I was like, yes, please, please, please give this family justice and some kind of closure. If something, just yeah. something. Yeah. It'll be nice. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. All of them. Fingers crossed. And toes. Well, not to get any more depressing, but <laughs> Charlie, why don't you... Take us down the journey to your true, your, not your true crime headline, because I just yeah. did that. Your bed crime story. <laughs> uh, I sure will. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd raised up my chair, and I'm really short, and it was hurting my leg, so I lowered my chair back down. Okay. So, guys, guess what? What? Charlie's Cult Corner is back. Yes! Yes! Yeah, man. I am so excited. I love cults. I know. 
I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm I'm super stoked about it. And we are doing um it's also a listener story, which Ooh. is also really fun. So it's kind of like a double whammy of my two nice. favorite things. Yeah. Nice. I'm excited about it. And I'm excited about this one um because it was one that I hadn't heard too much about. Like I knew it existed. I knew the name of the cult and I knew that it was uh, all of the action of this took place in Australia. Mm. That was kind of like the extent of my knowledge kind of shut down after that. Okay. So I want to give a special shout out to Chrissy who has been listening to us from the very beginning Woo-hoo! from episode uno. Um, she sent this email into us forever ago and um, I'm sorry that it took me so long to get to it Chrissy. I hope it was worth the wait. Um, I happen to know Chrissy personally. She's up in New Jersey. What up Chrissy? Uh, so we're very excited. I appreciate very much the um, the listener requests. Um, so you know guys hey take a page out of Chrissy's book mm-hmm. and Amy's book from one of the last story that mm-hmm. I told. Just send us in some some suggestions. We love it. We Please. love getting first of all, we love getting to interact with you guys. Yes. That's numero uno. Um also um love the ideas that you guys send our way. Because mm-hmm. usually it's stuff that we haven't heard yet. So correct. Big fan. Big fan. Two two giant thumbs up. Keep it up, listeners. Keep yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm also really stoked about this particular cult because it's a cult run by a woman, which oh. is very rare, but it's now the second cult that we've talked about that's run by a woman. Right. So the last cult that I talked about was Love Has Won, which was uh, led by Mother God, Amy Carlson. My <laughs> she favorite. turned blue. Yes, she did turn blue. Uh, babadee, babadai. And now this one was led by a guru, guru named Anne Hamilton Byrne. So I honestly thought you were going to say Anne Hamilton Burr. Like, oh no! Yeah, that would that cool. would have been yeah. Anne Hamilton Burr, sir. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, Anne Hamilton Burn. So sit back, relax, and I'm going to tell you guys the kooky, crazy, and actually incredibly depraved and sad story of the family and Anne Hamilton Burn. So my sources for this evening are as follows. I have a lot. <laughs> um, first was a paper by Carol Cusack of the University of Sydney. So it looked as though this may have been her like dissertation or a final paper. Nice. Um, I found it on academia.edu and it was titled Anne Hamilton Byrne and the Family, Charisma, Criminality and Media in the Construction of an Australian Cult Leader. Wow. The mouthful, but I wanted yes. to give Carol Cusack uh, big props because I got a lot of info, especially about Anne's past from her. Uh, also found some information on The Age, which is an Australian independent Australian news site. So two different articles from them, one written by Tom Cowie and Zach Hope, another written by David Elias, um, an article from The Guardian by Abigail Hayworth, an article from Rolling Stone Australia by Poppy Reed, nice. an article from The Daily Mail by Brett Lackey, an ABC News Australia article by <laughs> Nicole Asher and Andy Noonan, and of course... Wikipedia. Wikipedia. And I literally got one thing from Wikipedia. <laughs> but I got to put them in there, man. Got to oh, get yeah, props. Okay. Absolutely. All right. So here we go. Hold on. Let me turn the page because I had to go back a page to read all of my resources. Okay. <clears throat> Anne Hamilton Byrne was born Evelyn Grace Victoria Edwards in December of 1921. That was like a big jump because normally when they have like they're born as Mm -hmm. and then their new name, it's usually just shortened. Yeah, no. But no, this is completely different. Completely different name. Wonderful. Yes. 
So she began her life living with her father, Ralph Vernon Edwards, and his second wife, Florence. When the two met, Ralph was a father to seven children, and it seems that their relationship turned sour pretty much right away. Florence claimed that she was a medium and could communicate with the dead, but was later diagnosed with having paranoid schizophrenia. Sounds about right. Yeah. So Ralph would leave her and his children for long periods of time, and it was assumed that this was because the family dynamic was quite unstable and pretty volatile. (laughs) Florence wound up spending half of her life committed to a mental institution. And while the kids were in school, they were living in poverty at the old Brighton Orphanage. So, yeah, not great. Not at all. In 1941, so when she was about 20, she did change her name legally to Anne Hamilton. And she married a man named Don Harris, who was an officer in the Royal Australian Air Force. They had one child together. It was Anne's only biological child to keep that kind of tucked away in your brainium um and they named her judith her name was later changed of course because we're going to see that kind of that theme it's kind of a theme don harris died in a car crash in 1955 while he and ann were in the process of adopting a baby boy but his death resulted in her being denied the adoption because of course it's the 50s Uh and they're not going to allow a single woman how dare she adopt Uh a child Yep. Yeah. So Anne becomes a yoga instructor. Did it sound like I said yogurt? Yes, it sure did. I was just going to say, what do you I mean s- a yogurt instructor? I said yoga, <laughs> but I kind of was like, yoga. <laughs> okay. Anne became a yoga teacher in Melbourne and Geelong. Okay. First of all, want to apologize. Australia. Not making any promises. I'm going to pronounce things right. (laughs) I do know Melbourne is Melbourne. So I got that right. I mean, that's important because that's the main one. Correct. But it's G-E-E-L-O-N-G. So it's either G-Long, G-Long, G-Long. I don't know. But that's where she became a yogurt teacher. A yogurt teacher. I almost said yogurt again. (laughs) What is the matter with me? I'm not saying yogurt. (sighs) It had strawberries at the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, uh, okay, Melbourne and Geelong and trained under a yoga master named <laughs> Margaret Segesman. But Margaret later asked Anne to leave after Anne, quote, put a spell on a fellow student. Stop. Mm, will not. By the early 1960s, Anne was beginning to study and absorb the teachings of multiple spiritual teachers. So we're kind of starting to get into that. Um, Amy Carlson mm-hmm, mm-hmm. zone, right? So she's getting like very spiritual, very heady, right? Kind of hippy dippy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She was also often changing her name, her age, her appearance with wigs and multiple cosmetic surgeries. She would get uh, facelifts. Yeah, she would get facelifts, liposuction, and wear blonde wigs that would allow her to appear at least a decade younger than she actually was. Now, I will tell you, saw lots of pictures of Anne today. She was fucking beautiful. Like, beautiful. Was this before or after the surgery? Both. Wow. Gorgy. Gorgy. And like, okay, so do you guys know who um, Cloris Leachman is? No. Okay. She's an old-timey actress. I do believe that she passed away just last year, maybe 2020. She was on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Okay. She looks, Anne Hamilton Byrne, looks like what Cloris Leachman looked like when she was on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Oh, wow. Buh fucking beautiful wow yeah so the facelifts i mean she was doing something right i don't know 
and like seriously what's up with 1950s and 60s uh yeah. plastic surgery that it was that good i don't know she yeah, looked great nope. she looked great she looked great okay <laughs> she was pristine <laughs> she was mwah. yes shiny and beautiful all right so let me stop like I don't know, fawning at this woman. Okay, so <laughs> she's actually kind of terrible. So Anne opened a yoga studio uh, that served mostly wealthy middle-aged women and began to, she started to like weave these spiritual teachings into her classes. Okay. So again, very similar to Amy, Car- Amy Carlson, she mixed all different types of beliefs. So she mixed Hindu, Christian, and occult beliefs. They used Ouija boards and astronomy to consult on issues. Okay. Yeah. Anne officially founded the family in 1962 when she met Rainer Carey Johnson, who was a physicist that had begun to study paranormal phenomena and even went on to write multiple books about the spiritual realm. And these books that he wrote were like very well received, widely read. Uh, So he became kind of like a expert in the field of field of all things spiritual paranormal. Okay, he was like the go to guy. So Anne arrives on Johnson's doorstep one afternoon and he she gives him a warning about a trip that he had planned to take with his wife to India. They were basically going to spend like the full summer in India. Okay. And she told him that his wife would fall ill on the trip. Now, obviously, as coincidence would have it, that's exactly what happened. They go on the trip, Mr. and Mrs. Johnson, and winds up being cut short because his wife became severely ill and it was just like you know it's one of those things where like it's a coincidence right but of course he sees this as proof that Anne has like these spiritual powers so he and his family fully commit to following her in 1963 interesting yeah so he saw it as a premonition yeah like oh my god she's she's the one because because I'm me Mm -hmm. well yes that more than likely is a coincidence I'm like well maybe 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 you know, she could have seen it in a dream. And yeah. just because you see things in dreams doesn't mean they necessarily come true. But right. I don't know. I believe in that kind of stuff. But I think you're right. I think it was more of a co- coincidence kind yeah. of a thing. Especially if she didn't really know him personally. She didn't. Yeah. 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 And uh, we'll see later that she's a little. Cuckoo. Could you? Yeah. Okay. Quite. She is the walrus. So, <laughs> um if you guys don't know Beatles songs, that just sounded like an insult, but never mind. Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> just Google it. The whole Johnson family, it was Rainer Carey, his wife Mary, and their daughter Maureen, plus four other people take place in this ritual where they eat hallucinogenic mushrooms and they declare Anne as Christ. I'm sorry. Yes. What? Yeah. <laughs> This solidified the creation of what was then called, and now get a load of this ridiculously (coughs) racist name for their sect. The Great White Brotherhood of Initiates and Masters. Wow. Later to just be known as the family. I mean. (laughs) Less problematic that uh, way. Yeah. 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 And at this point, they start recruiting. Like crazy, they start recruiting. And part of the people that they were really getting to join this fold were reputable psychologists and their patients. A lot of their recruits were co- were coming from the New Haven Clinic, which was owned by a new member named Marion Villamick. So these 
new people coming in were not only the patients of this clinic that were going there for cleansing and therapy and blah, 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 but also the doctors that were treating them. Wow. So you have all these men and women of repute who are of, of great repute who are coming and saying, like, this is legit. So people are signing up and believing it. And correct. Like, if if correct. Dr. So-and-so says this, then it has to be true. Correct. Now, one of the things about this particular clinic was that many of the patients were treated with LSD. Mm-hmm. So they were using it as a way to uh, psychoanalyze the, the patients. Well, I I saw there is a documentary on Netflix about this, about... um how certain hallucinogenic drugs like LSD and acid and mm-hmm. shrooms um, can actually help those who have um, repressed memories. Yes. Yeah. So I actually didn't watch it yet, but I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very interesting to me. I, I would love to learn more about that. I'm not saying that it's not interesting. Like, it's interesting science. Yes. And the other thing is I can also understand, like, this is obviously being done under the... Uh, under the control of a doctor. So right. I understand, again, probably a little bit more reputable. Yeah. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But again, it was the 60s. So what do I oh, know? Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh, one of the original members of the family were treated with LSD, electroconvulsive therapy, and not one, but two lobotomies. Which we all know, they ain't great. No. Yeah. No. Correct. So when the clinic's owner, uh, Villamek, what did I say her name? Marion. Marion Villamek died in 1969. The clinic now becomes a a tax-exempt nonprofit foundation with Anne as the joint trustee and the executor of the funds. Of course. I was just going to (laughs) say, gee, shocking. Yes. Now, by this time, she separated from her second husband, a man named Michael Riley. He kind of came and went real quick. Nothing of note. And she meets Bill Byrne uh, when his son started to visit the foundation to receive treatment for his drug problems. (laughs) Anne and Bill quickly become romantically involved, leading Bill to divorce his wife. Wow. Yeah. So, like I said, man, she was freaking hot. And actually, Bill, not too bad to look at either. Um, I'm just like... They're good looking people. Um, okay. So the members of the group accepted Anne's claims that she was Christ and that the earth was in its fi- what she called its final cycle. So basically, once people died, there would be no further reincarnation. So this was like it. We were in the final stages of earth. Well, that's depressing. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. <laughs> really? And she also said that she would take on all of her members' sins and pay their karmic debt. And in return, all she asked for was total obedience from the group. And she took on the title, of course, of master. Yeah. So now we get into the 70s, and this is when things start to become particularly sinister. So Anne, along with Bill Byrne, who she married at the beginning of the decade, started to collect children. Oh no! Yes, I don't like that word. No, yeah, I had a choir on my on my uh, page, but I figured collect was a little mm-hmm. bit less uh, clinical. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Through her network of followers, Anne was able to very easily accomplish the task of obtaining infants. So she and Bill would either take in the natural children of members of the family. Just take them. Oh, okay. Or they would acquire infants through 
falsified adoptions arranged by lawyers, doctors, and social workers that were part of the group. Stop it. Yeah. So basically what they would do is these doctors would be like administering or being bedside at people's births. And if it was a single mother, they would basically shame her into giving up her child for adoption. I'm doing air quotes. And they would falsify all these documents and just give the baby to Ann and Bill. Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, not great. No. Anne told most of the children that she had adopted, that she was actually their birth mother, and she would fake pregnancies when there was a new baby coming. Stop. Wearing homemade smocks. She also had most of their last names changed to Hamilton Byrne. She said that they would together survive the end of the world to become a new master race. I love it. Oh, okay. I don't love it, by the way. It was a sarcastic, I love it. <clears throat> In addition to being Jesus, oh my God. she also told them that she came from royalty and that she owned castles in Europe. Oh, of yes. course. I mean, why not? Yeah. And these kids, like, completely adored her. Right? Um, the kids were then kept at a house next to Lake Ildon that she called Kai Lama. Each of the kids were homeschooled and wore identical clothing. And aside from the clothing, their hair were also dyed white blonde and cut into the same shape of hair. So it was like sharp blunt bangs and then it was parted down the middle and cut right like right under their ears. It was like a deranged Sia wig. Okay. And like white blonde now, okay, I don't know if it's because we've been watching a lot of Mormon shit lately, but that sounds very Morgan cent- Morgan Mormon centric for mm-hmm. as far as all dressing the same and having the same hair mm-hmm. style. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. John I, Morgan from Morgan Morgan. <laughs> John Morgan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, ugh. okay, it is said that at one point there were twenty eight children on the property. Nope. Mm-hmm. Well, Anne wanted to appear to be the perfect mother figure figure to these perfect little weird blonde children. She seemed to have no interest in actually being there to raise them. So when she was there on site, if any of the children stepped out of line, she would beat them with a stiletto shoe. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. She left most of the child rearing to the aunties, a number of middle-aged female followers who feared uh, lashings from Anne herself if they didn't dole out punishments to the kids. Wow. As well as these awful beatings, the children were also starved for days for minor transgressions, such as getting their clothes dirty or forgetting to switch off a light. They're children. Yeah, well. That's what you do when you're a child. Complete obedience we need. The children were given daily doses of Mogadon and Valium to keep them calm. Then, usually, when they reached the age of 14, they underwent the same initiation as the adults by being given huge doses of LSD um, and trips that often lasted for several days. 14. Yeah. 14. Okay. Okay. LSD was just truly rooted deeply in the cult culture. The doses that were um, the doses were distressing even for the adult followers. The effects specifically on the kids were catastrophic and they would suffer from depression, personality changes. They would have they would like withdraw from their siblings. They would have nightmares sometimes for months afterwards. This would continue. This was on top of, of course, all their other childhood traumas that they were receiving, of course. Um, Girls were starved and body shamed. 
The kids were hit with canes and shoes and dunked into water to the point of almost drowning when they misbehaved. Yeah, they're great people. One child had a brain injury after the beatings that he would get from one of the men in the cult. Children who wet the bed were beaten. There was one little boy that they nicknamed Zebra Stripes by the other kids because he wet the bed every night and the bruises were basically permanent. No. Because he was beaten every single day. No. No. Yep. No. This went on until the late 80s. So this started, I mean, really kind of at the end of the 60s and went through to 1987. Jesus. In 1987, adopted child and victim Sarah Hamilton Byrne was ousted from the group by Anne herself for arguing and rebellious behavior. Good for her. Which means that she was, I don't know what, maybe acting like a fucking teenager. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with the support of private investigators and other authorities, she played a fundamental role in bringing the family to the attention of the Victoria police. Nice. As a result, a raid took place at Kailama on Friday, August 14th, 1987. All children were removed from the premises that day. Thank God. Yes. There were six children there between the ages of 12 and 17. They were taken to Children's Court and provided protection under the Community Welfare Services Act. According to police, the children were in a state of complete shock when they were removed from the property because it was it was a world they never saw or never knew. Right. Uh, Victorian and federal police started a long-running investigation into the cult itself in a series of raids on the properties owned by sect members and by Anne. Police seized several prescriptions and non-prescription drugs, passports, and photographs. They then began Operation Forest. One R, so not like Forrest Gump. Okay, okay. Forest, like bunch of trees. Mm-hmm. Operation Forest was then set up to dismantle the cult and to find Anne, because at this point, she was a multimillionaire. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, like with all cults, we're taking all of yeah, your money. Of course. Of, of these, course. From these doctors, lawyers, um, from all these like richy, rich people mm-hmm. with all this money. So, yes. Yeah, so she herself was a multimillionaire, and her and Bill ran off to New York. Of course they did. Yes, they did. So Australian authorities were able to partner with Interpol in the UK and the FBI in the US to extradite Anne and Bill on the ground of conspiracy to defraud and commit perjury by falsely registering the births of three unrelated children as their own triplets. Damn. Damn. Yeah. So (laughs) when, when Anne and Bill finally were taken back to Melbourne in 1993 and appeared in county court... I'm just I'm I'm stalling because I know Jovi's going to yell. They were each ordered to pay a measly $5,000 fine. Are you fucking kidding me? Nope. Seriously? Yep. Seriously. That's it. Yep. Okay. Okay. Because unfortunately those were the only charges they could actually get to stick and charge them with. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yep. But it was at this point, however, that the cult was considered done. There were a number of reasons why additional charges could not be brought against Anne and Bill and the other adults of the cult, not the least of which was the desire to not re-traumatize the children that grew up in the abusive cult. Yeah. It was one of those things of, they weren't, they found the, yes, they found the non-prescription drugs, but they were never able to prove that they actually gave them to the children. Mm. The kids were unharmed, so they weren't able to prove the abuse. So it was just Mm -hmm. one of those things. Again, we've talked about this many times of, they have to charge what they know they can get them with. Correct. And unfortunately, Bill and Anne, and from what I understand, any of the rest of the adults in the cult never saw the inside of a jail cell. 
Not once. Yeah. That's so incredibly frustrating. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And like I get it. They can't yeah. they can't charge what they don't know, can't see, prove, whatever. But I it should I don't I don't even know. I, I, I hate it. I know. I absolutely hate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, some of the family's cult adult members are believed to still be operational in a way i guess mm-hmm. the sect itself hasn't had any new members since the late 80s the current cult members are now elderly but thanks to Anne's fraudulent ways are believed to be living off of only about five to ten million dollars between them oh okay only yeah. only yeah only a measly mm. five to ten million mm. at 98 years old Anne died with dementia in a melbourne retirement home on june 13th 2019. Wow. There was no public funeral and there is no headstone. Probably smart. Yeah. Bill died 18 years prior to her in 2001. Um, It's really just kind of one of those things where it's an awful ending because yes, she had dementia, but it's even worse because nobody got justice. Yeah. Yeah. And she created all of this lifelong trauma for these kids. Some of the kids she held under her care were never able to recover and there were some that even took their own lives that's fucking terrible she literally ruined lives legit and beyond yeah former detective lex Deman, who spent six years investigating the cult said Anne was the epitome of evil quote normally when you hear of a death there's a period of sorrow i couldn't be further from that today mr demand said on the day of Anne's death he continues quote today to me is a good day because one of victoria's most evil persons no longer breathes the same air that i am breathing or more so the same air that many of her survivors are now breathing may she rot in hell hell yes end quote that is the best quote ever right i agree Mm -hmm. with every word of that statement yeah, rock on, Mr. Demand. Wow. You are Demand. Well. <laughs> Come on, I'm going to let that slide. Yeah, yeah. So, I, guys, that is the story of the, fam- the, the family who is an Australian cult that uh, disbanded in the late 80s. That is ridiculous. Yeah, with their creepy little children of the corn with their Sia wigs Haircuts. on. Yeah, I, I feel so bad for those fucking kids. I do. And you know what? And I feel bad for their... For the moms that these babies were taken away from. Dude. Except for the ones that were actually in the call. Well, yes. But were the kids that were taken from the women that they shamed uh, for being single mothers, did they ever find their birth mothers? Did it mention anything about that? I love that you asked that question, Jovi, and I actually have an answer to you for that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So according to one of my sources, now I don't remember which one it was, so that's as far as you're getting. It was one of my sources, though. Sarah, the one who escaped and actually like yeah. started the investigation, she went on to become a doctor oh, and wow. she went through and traced records back and she wound up following uh finding her birth mother. That's awesome. Yes. So That's awesome. I'm assuming if she did, maybe others did as well. Yeah. But I yeah. do know specifically that Sarah did. Well at least one of them did, if not more. Because mm-hmm. I, I can't e- I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. She should not have lived that long. Yeah. My mom and I were actually talking about that yesterday because I'm redoing my, uh, I re-upped my Ancestry.com membership. Mm -hmm. So I'm researching back in my family. And there's a couple of uh, (laughs) less than great people (laughs) in my family (laughs) who just seem to be the only ones who live past like 75. Of course. Yeah. Because they're yeah. not great. One passed away at 89, one's still kicking at 82, and it's like, you know, I 
You know, like Billy Joel said, like the great Sir William Joel said, only the good die young. Yeah. No, you're right. He's not a knight, by the way, because he's from New York. He's not British, but I'm going to call him Sir William Joel. Yes, because I love Billy Joel. Yes, me too. He also did not start the fire. <laughs> In case you were wondering who did, it was not Billy Joel. It was not Sir William Joel. Because remember, Mm-mm. you're calling him Sir William now. Yes, he's an aristocrat in my mind. Yes, yes. Wow. So, well, damn, Charlie. Damn, <laughs> damn, Chrissy. Uh, you're welcome. I know. Thanks, Chrissy. Damn. Thanks, yeah, thank man. you for that wonderful, wonderful story suggestion. Yes. Um, be like Chrissy. Be like Amy. If you want to send in your listener story suggestions, you could do so. Yeah. You could email us at bedcrimestoriespod. There it is. At gmail.com. Or you could send us a DM on our Twitter or Instagram um, at bedcrimestories. Mm-hmm. And I know Charlie was shaking her head no to the Twitter because we don't partake. But just in case. I'm real bad at that. I mean, but you know what? Just just in case. I think Twitter is a cesspool of human garbage. Yeah. And Hate. all things evil exist on Twitter. Agreed. So I try not to even open the app. That's probably that's probably best. Yeah. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Yay, yay. Um, we need that. Mm-hmm. We want to get... We want to touch more people's lives with our antics and our stories we like it we love it we want some more of it exactly tell your friends please because you know they want to listen to us as well mm-hmm. be kind be kind to one another mm-hmm. you know don't let your friends join cults um yeah you know friends don't let friends join cults no Mm-mm. and like just keep an eye out for one another yeah friends family that you like yeah even strangers you know sometimes strangers can become your friends and stuff Mm -hmm. um so yes be kind Mm -hmm. world sucks be kind and rewind too yes well i mean if you have vhs tapes they're kind of they're kind of gone just in case (laughs) just in case good advice i mean yes yes it is but yeah so as always we love you guys thank you you for listening we really appreciate each and every single one of you sure do enjoy your day night morning whatever time it may be mm-hmm. and we'll see you guys next week but until then sweet, sweet dreams, dreams. <sighs> <Ooh. laughs> our theme song is the song industrial music box by kevin mcleod at incompetech.com Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by backslash 3.0.